0: Welcome to Where's the Lamb Sauce, a podcast that scrapes and peels away the tough, pithy, bitter outer layer of Gordon Ramsay, only to find something even more acrid and offensive underneath. Whatever that means. <laughs> I'm Don Coker. I'm Sam Lee. <clears throat> How are you, Sam? I'm very
1: good. I feel like my life is getting back to normal this week.
0: Yeah, I feel like... Um... The last 15 weeks, we're on episode 15 now. The last 15 weeks, we've weathered this storm of isolation quite well. And I think there is some light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, we saw each other again this week, remember? Yeah. That was exciting. What did we I th- do? I, th- <laughs> I forgot. I think we um, sat two metres apart
1: in a park and talked at length about Gordon Ramsay. It was all uh, yeah. eerily familiar. Yeah,
0: that sounds about right. Yeah.
1: Two highlights of my week um have come in the last few days. One, I've booked a haircut for two weeks' time.
0: Ooh, how exciting.
1: Yeah, very exciting. You'll notice I'm wearing a hat here and I think I was when we met. There's a reason for that.
0: Yeah, well I've had to start I've started doing the same recently and I've always felt um like I'm one of those people that looks really daft in a hat. But I felt like over the last sort of few weeks or couple of months the, dark, the levels of darkness of wearing a hat and my actual haircut is kind of <laughs> started to overtake it.
1: Yeah, the back of my neck is like a Cocker Spaniel's
0: ears. Oh, uh, my brother has a Cocker Spaniel. And when he's sort of been uh, running around and he's kind of damp and sweaty and he's really horrible <laughs> to touch, I've just got that feeling um, in my head now. And that's how the back of your head feels like, apparently.
1: Yeah, it's um not particularly pleasant. Also, oh, yeah. I um had a pint of beer in a plastic takeaway pint glass, which I know you're not a fan of, well. but it did feel like some kind of normality was returning. Mm. Even if it was very diluted and and nothing like having a pint out of a glass glass.
0: Yeah, I've been, I've had a couple of them. I'm divided on on how much they really offer
1: no i think you've got a point um but equally right now i'm willing to take whatever i can get fair enough
0: fair enough how are you i'm okay um i had uh my the latest um occurrence of a a recurring dream that i often have every few months today this this recurring dream involves me being back at university and realizing i've got an exam i wake up on the day of an exam for which I've not been to any of the classes of that year. And that moment of panic, you feel like, oh my God, I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to do for this. And apparently this is a really common recurring dream. A lot of people have it, um, which is kind of comforting to know. And apparently from what I understand, it's it's often an indicator of sort of stress usually brought on by, by deadlines at work. However... <laughs> I haven't worked a day nearly four months.
1: Had you not made your notes for the pod today? Well, that's what I thought. Maybe it's something
0: to do with the fact that we're recording a day later than normal. So my, uh, my sort of rhythm on a weekly basis is completely out of sync at the moment. And that was a reaction to it.
1: If the recording of this podcast has replaced your natural circadian rhythms, I think there's a real concern, <laughs> to be honest.
0: Well, anyway, hopefully that is the last of that recurring dream every few months because... Uh, it's a really unpleasant one. Have you ever? Have, do you ever have anything like that?
1: I do have one. It's not very common, but I have it every now and then. And it's I'm running through a park, um, the town gardens in Swindon, where we grew up, running through the park, and I trip over in a flower bed, and you get that falling feeling in your stomach, and wake up all of a sudden.
0: Well, I know the falling feeling, but that or it's always the same fall for you in the town gardens.
1: Yeah, more often than not in a flower bed
0: and just just to clarify we didn't grow up in the park um it's just uh the way you introduced that is town gardens in swindon where me and you grew up Um, (laughs) two
1: feral children (laughs) we grew up
0: in in houses nearby that park um but anyway that's enough of recurring dreams have you are you strapped in because i want to take you to planet gordon take me there and turbulence should be expected for this one Mm, go on so I discovered an outrageous story from Gordon Ramsay's past this week.
1: Ooh, this sounds juicy. The skeleton's in the closet. This is
0: a massive skeleton. Oh, well, I always say, skeleton is something that is usually not public knowledge, right? I think this is now, well, it's, pu- it's obviously public knowledge because I don't, have an, I don't have like a hotline to Gordon Ramsay's <laughs> secrets uh, as much as I wish I did. <laughs> but I don't know how I discovered the story, but ironically... Um the subject of it actually surfaces in the episode of Kitchen Nightmares we're about to watch. That's purely by coincidence, but I discovered this story before I watched this week's episode. So anyway, I'll get right to it. You remember you're you're familiar with Aubergine, of right? Course. And I think we've brought it up a couple of times. So this is Gordon Ramsay's first the first restaurant he was head chef in in London. Now while he worked at Aubergine, apparently Gordon Ramsay was really paranoid that Marco Pierre White, his his mentor turned nemesis, <laughs> I suppose is a, is the way you could describe it. And, uh, Gordon was really paranoid that Marco Pierre White was planning to depose him at the restaurant. There were rumours circulating uh, that he was lined up to replace Gordon, and so as a as a reaction to this, Gordon plotted one of the most bizarre. Acts of revenge, I could uh, I could think of. He was involved in arranging while well, paying somebody um, to drive by aubergine on a motorbike, run into the restaurant and steal the bookings, the reservations book what? from the restaurant. This is before everything was computerized, um, ju- and this was so it would the re- this is his own restaurant essentially. But he paid someone to go there, steal the book, just so he could point the finger at Marco Pierre White and say it was him. To frame him, basically. (laughs) (laughs) That is the most ridiculous framing I think I've ever heard. What's the goal? This is taken from The Guardian. The person behind the 1998 robbery was never identified until now. It was me, Ramsay has admitted. I nicked it. I blamed Marco because I knew that would fuck him and that it would call off the dogs. I still have the book it in a safe at home. He arranged for the biker to steal it, he explained. It was my one stroke of genius, fucking someone over without, his, without him knowing that I was the one who'd done it. And the restaurant owners cutting Marco off and wanting to get closer to me, kissing my ass. You always eat that fucking revenge when it's cold, don't you? Trust me, this was stone cold. what a quote amazing right why has he kept the book in a safe um i don't know well i guess
1: it's just a reservations book from 30 years ago why does he need to keep it well it was a
0: it was a criminal um act you know it was uh it was an act of theft and i'm sure the i think it was a there was a criminal investigation and they never got and the police never got to the bottom of who was actually responsible (laughs) well gordon has got the smoking gun in his uh in his house no wonder it's locked away
1: (laughs) i actually wouldn't be surprised if he's made this whole thing up just so that he doesn't look weak
0: well you think he has taken he's taking credit for this yeah and it wasn't even him
1: yeah i think it's a possibility
0: i mean the fact that both of those both of those are likely Says everything you need to know about Gordon. I suppose he's the sort of person would that would do that, and do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't know that. That's a great fact. I told you it was turbulent, and the yeah, it was was a real coincidence that in the episode coming up, um, there is a moment when the owner of the restaurant accuses Gordon of taking the reservations book or losing the reservations book. Do you, do you remember that moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd already, I'd already had this quote lined up before I'd watched the episode. How weird is that? At that
1: point, had he come out and said that he'd stolen the book?
0: You know what? I don't have the timeline in front of me. Um, I'd have to look at the date of the article yeah. and then the date of the episode. But all I know is that in the episode, Gordon is saying, don't you dare accuse me of fucking this up and it's like wow
1: yeah this is what i'm thinking i'm
0: sure she didn't know but he's got form <laughs>
1: exactly if he's got prior then yeah. <laughs> she's got every right to point the finger i think
0: so uh, that is wow so that is a criminal a new criminal dimension you've added to this uh incredibly complex profile of uh, of, of, of this of this guy
1: <laughs> yeah gordon's dark streak runs very deep doesn't it
0: i mean the um i'm just looking at this quote again now and he says it's me i nicked it i blamed marco because i knew that would fuck him and that it would call off the dogs what does that mean call off the dogs
1: yeah i mean gordon has a real way of misusing well known <laughs> phrases
0: <laughs> yeah don't we all we're, we're all guilty of that sometimes maybe i've picked that up from him
1: <laughs> yeah but none more so than gordon He will use phrases in the wrong context all the time.
0: Well, in the episode coming up, he uses. He uses. I don't. I don't think he misuses this. This expression, but I just think he shouldn't use it as much as he does. Which is, too many chiefs and not enough Indians.
1: (laughs) Yeah. In 2020, that's slightly problematic, isn't it? I've
0: always felt slightly <laughs> uncomfortable when I've heard that before. Uh, but often I find myself in situations where that's a perfectly adequate expression to use. <laughs> but I just, I'm just reluctant to use it.
1: <laughs> There's another expression that means exactly the same thing and would be way more relevant for Gordon Ramsay. And that's too many cooks spoil the broth. I don't know why he doesn't go with that one rather than the racially insensitive one.
0: Yeah, it's a bit happening that one, isn't it? Too many cooks spoil the broth. All right. It's a bit folk... It's a bit folksy for oh, Gordon. We'll, we'll stick with the racist one then. Um, well, it's probably closer to, you know, closer to the bone, which is what, what Gordon likes. Have I misused that? if I misuse that crap there, <laughs> to the bone. Well, probably you know what they that. say,
1: every cloud. Um, <laughs> in other Gordon news, um, we spoke last time, I think, about the fact that restaurant Gordon Ramsay is reopening very soon. Oh, is it announced, it's announced, it's not quite open yet, but it will be in a couple of weeks. I had a look at the bookings form earlier. Oh, yeah, there's availability, is
0: there? Great, is I can't decide if it's a really, really great idea or an absolutely horrifically um, bad idea to be going to the best and most expensive restaurant in the world.
1: <laughs> As we've just discussed, though, two opposing states can exist at the same time on planet Gordon, it's kind of a Schrodinger's cat situation where it might be the worst idea in the world, but it's also the best idea in the world. True. But anyway, I had a look at the website today to see if we could book a table anytime soon. Good news is we probably can. Um, The bad news is the dress code. Um, It's quite formal. You won't be too surprised to hear, but there's one line in particular that caught my eye. Oh, yeah? Where it says ripped studded or torn denim jeans will not be accepted (laughs) and i thought i only know one man who would wear ripped studded or torn denim jeans in 2020 and his name's on the fucking door
0: (laughs) i mean to be fair if um I don't know. If Bono turned up like that, um, and they said they wouldn't let him in. I'm just trying to think of a, like a really bad rock star. I think you've just got one there. That's perfect. Who, who might dress that badly. None
1: of that. No trainers whatsoever. Men have to wear a shirt with a collar.
0: Oh, I can't wear a granddad collar then. <laughs> no, none of that. Shall we wear everything it tells us not to wear on the dress code? <laughs> Should we wear studded ripped jeans, both of us? hats, trainers, and a granddad (laughs) (laughs) shirt. I think that's what we should do. (laughs) And we should ask them, can we record an episode for a podcast about Gordon Ramsay while we're in here?
1: They'll let us in. If we say we're podcasters, they'll definitely let us in.
0: Yeah. If we tell them that before, they'll get the red carpet out.
1: Yeah. There's no way Ramsay's not letting in high-profile broadcasters like us. Whatever we're wearing. He loves celebs, doesn't he?
0: They'll be sending us the ripped studded jeans <laughs> to wear there. Well, oh, well, we'll just have to go dressed like we did for that episode of the pod. Remember? Oh, yeah. We should probably wear trousers, though, shouldn't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the socks. Um, I think that's about it for Planet Gordon for me. Shall we um, pick things up in part two when we're in Liverpool? Yes. We'll see you there. See you there.
1: Welcome back to Where's the Lamp Sauce. We are at a restaurant called Morgan's in Liverpool. And Gordon kicks things off in this episode with a question. How many women does it take to run a restaurant badly?
0: Uh, that's... Ooh, I mean, that's tinged with
1: misogyny. 100%. It's, it's classic early noughties Gordon. <laughs> He's never said that about any restaurant that's full of men.
0: <laughs> that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, what's what's a, what's, uh, what's gender got to do with it here, Gordon? Anyway, yeah, he does ask that question. I mean,
1: for the record, the answer is three.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, they're all family, aren't they? It's a family of, uh, of three, the mum and, and the two daughters. Yeah, Gordon sets a scene uh, of where this restaurant is. It's in Liverpool, an affluent um, area of Liverpool, one of those kind of like leafy suburbs, uh, which is populated with wags and mm. guess what, ladies who lunch.
1: Yeah, you know it's going to be a bit of a rocky episode, don't you? From the off, this is like letting the fox in amongst the chickens, letting Gordon <laughs> loose in wag and ladies who lunch territory. There's going to be blood.
0: Yeah, my um, <laughs> my message to those footballers who have wives in this area would be lock up your <laughs> wives. Because Gordon's in town.
1: (laughs) Gordon's prowling the streets.
0: So Morgan's is a
1: little restaurant. Used to be an antique shop before the owner, Sandy Morgan, did what all good antique shop owners do and turned it into a restaurant. It's a natural progression of things, right? Yeah. Um, And she's now running that restaurant with her daughters, Helen and Laura. And um, in the introduction, one of the daughters, I can't remember which ones, is saying that they need a bit of testosterone from Gordon. And it's like, oh, well, God, be very God. careful what you wish for here because... Well, she
0: gets she gets her fingers burnt with that, doesn't she? Yeah, absolutely. And there's an immediate charm offensive from Gordon, isn't there, as soon as he meets these three. Um, shakes the hand of the owner. Um, oh, nice to meet you. Uh, then is introduced to the two daughters. And he asks, the- and these two are serving every night. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he says every man in Liverpool should be in here every night of the week. I mean, God, Gordon, (laughs) Christ. And and, uh, the the great thing is that you know it doesn't matter how much all this, all this, you know, how successful this charm offensive is here. It's only ever going to be short term because it's not going to last very long.
1: Yeah, that's true. And I think one of the big issues here is that with the mum and two daughters running this restaurant, there's just not really any clear roles or responsibilities and nobody really seems to know what they're doing they're all filmed at different points explaining what the menu is and they've all got wildly different ideas of what it is from a la carte english with a bit of french to one of them says there's a thai influence with a bit of spanish it's just all over the show i
0: mean the uh, sandy commits a cardinal sin she claims that you can find multiple cuisines on one plate sometimes (laughs)
1: Why would you want to?
0: Yeah, why would you want to? Exactly.
1: And there's a point where Gordon's going through the books with Sandy and she doesn't seem to have a clue about how much money she's actually losing in this endeavour. So the whole thing's just really confused in that there's no real sense of leadership and nobody knows what they're doing, basically. I mean, Sandy, rather than letting the chef buy the ingredients through a supplier or a wholesaler is just going to the supermarket every day
0: oh this really pisses me off watching this and there's
1: one scene where where gordon goes along with her and is kind of like a bored child out with his mum as he's (laughs) following her around the supermarket aisles scooting around on the trolley (laughs) and just generally sulking
0: yeah it's all for effect isn't it but it really pisses me off watching a restaurant owner go around Tesco to buy the ingredients. It's like you're cooking, you're making people food from ingredients bought from Tesco.
1: And actually, Ramsey takes this really personally. And he has done a few times in the past, and I can understand why. There's one bit in this episode where he calls Sandy an amateur restauranteur messing about in a business she knows nothing about. Oh, yeah. Um, And he's really pissed off, and I think that's fair enough, because in his mind, what right does she have to be playing at running a restaurant, basically, when he's worked so hard to be in that industry, and he knows so many other people and is surrounded by people who work hard to be in that industry, then you've got someone like Sandy, who has just seemingly on a whim swapped the antiques trade for the restaurant business and doesn't have a clue what she's doing.
0: Totally. And there's a moment when there is this, it's it's, it's pretty chaotic and she is, she, she doesn't really know what her role is. She's at one point, she's, have the dishwasher wash dishes even though she's the owner of the restaurant and there's all sorts of shit happening out on the you know front of house situation and gordon Crazy. is you know kind of head spinning like what you know what on earth is going on here what you know why has this happened what are you doing and her response is oh this is catering life gordon and i mean he, he replies to her oh, fuck is it catering life absolutely not stuff like it and that really seems to rile in that comment. I thought this, what is she talking about? Yeah, Oh, she's just, she's just desperate, isn't she? She, You know, she's doing a terrible job and she's just trying to, uh, you know, fool herself into thinking it, she's not doing as bad as she actually is by saying this is just the way, this is the way things are. And it's like, no, it doesn't have to be like that. Well,
1: she's kind of scampering off to a, place of safety where she can look busy but not have any responsibility isn't she she can't cope with the mess out the front of house she can't cope with running the restaurant so off she goes to dry the dishes when she has absolutely no reason to because at least then she looks like she's doing something she feels like she's doing something she feels like she's contributing but she doesn't have to face any of the problems and that's a real issue here is that there's nobody facing up to what the issues are here and, and looking to tackle them head on everybody seems to be in denial
0: one of those key issues is the it's, it's not just down to the owner the the family who own and run the restaurant it's also <laughs> it's also our chef of the episode isn't it um who is inexperienced and out of his depth and it's not the first time we've seen that um in kitchen nightmares but uh, this guy is uh, this guy gives us some early entertainment of the finest order (laughs) (laughs) yeah this guy is is
1: um i thought he was a complete dick at first and i actually don't think he is as bad as he seems straight away but as first impressions go this is pretty terrible so gordon eats the food that he prepares him and it's all awful there's something like apricots in mashed potato i mean What that is all about, I will never understand. And a sausage dish that Gordon says, it's like something from Jurassic Park.
0: (laughs) Um, Sausage on T-Rex. I mean, one day I think we should compile all of his best menu descriptors. Um, Sausage on T-Rex. I mean, it's really not that clever, is it? (laughs) But yeah, it just, um, I think it just highlights his his arrogance.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's inexperienced and I think he's probably quite insecure about his culinary skills deep down and he's making up for that with a ridiculous level of arrogance and the guy's got a chip on his shoulder the size of Anfield. Like He's just unbelievable.
0: He's just dripping with a certain arrogance, isn't he? He just looks so smug and happy with himself um, when Gordon confronts him on the menu. Gordon's asking him about... Yeah, about the, you know, about the apricots and mashed potato. <laughs> and he sort of grins at Gordon and says to him, oh, you know what? You know where I found that recipe? I found it in the Good Food magazine. It's like, you know, oh, that will shut you up, Gordon. You'll wish you hadn't said anything now. And it's like, mate, like, <laughs> we think Gordon's going to turn around and say, oh, okay. I stand corrected. It was a good idea. I mean, <laughs> you know, what is this guy thinking here?
1: It's so satisfying, witnessing the dressing down that he gets from Gordon after the service. Gordon's very complimentary oh, about yeah. Emma and her sticky toffee pudding, which is nice to see. But he absolutely lays into Phil, doesn't he? It's brilliant. And Phil doesn't react very well to it. And he's getting all defensive and getting stressy and kind of you know, bashing around the kitchen. And Gordon says to him, you've got every right to be slightly fucked off about it because I would be too if I cooked that shit. (laughs) Gordon does it in exactly the right way as well, doesn't he? He does it by kind of ignoring him. He doesn't even (laughs) talk to Phil. He speaks to Sandy about Phil as if Phil isn't there. You know, like he's a headmaster talking to a parent about their badly behaved child. And Phil just can't stand it. He's, you know, his arrogance and his um inflated self-esteem mean that he wants to be the center of everything just can't stand it no he hates it and he
0: he reacts exactly as he shouldn't to this phase of yeah a kitchen Nightmares episode the critique but exactly how most people would react when treated like this by gordon well, and Gordon knows that. Sure, exactly. And that's why we love it so much. But the, the, really, the, the, the playbook for the smart chef in the situation is just to roll over and play dead. <laughs> Take it like a man, be silent and move on. You know, Gordon is like a kind of wasp or a, or a rattlesnake. The more you the more you aggravate him, the nastier the sting will be. And yeah, the, more, so the, the more that Phil kind of reacts... It's Just like the, the, you know, the more painful it gets. Yeah. Which you know, which happens to be exactly what we want to see.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like trying to wrestle your way out of a boa constrictor's grip. Like the harder you yeah. fight, the tighter it becomes.
0: Oh, I like this. It's quite, a, quite, a, quite a good few metaphors here. It's like quicksand. <laughs> the more you struggle, the, the, the further down you sink. <laughs> well, that's not actually true with quicksand. That's uh, that's a myth. Um, at, at one point. The fill claims, oh, you know, you don't have to... It's the way you offer criticisms, where you put it across. You don't have to be like, you know, just... You don't have to treat me like that. Gordon's like, oh, how do you want me to say it then? Um, please, pretty please, don't put apricots in the mashed potato. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, you just know. And it just winds him up even more. It's so good.
1: Yeah, this is Gordon at his best, I think, when he's confronted with someone with an attitude problem. Who this needs taking right, down yeah. a peg or two, and who's behaving yeah. in a childish way? Gordon will just absolutely eviscerate them. Like there's no mercy whatsoever, and it's brilliant to see.
0: And it finishes off with Phil running out in a tantrum. Does he shout "fat twat" at Gordon? <laughs> I, 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 I didn't I, hear I, that. I, I, I listened to it over and over again to try and. To, it's not. It's not perfectly audible, but I am convinced he. He calls him a fat twat. And that got me thinking, we didn't see Gordon derobing this episode, which maybe was a result of that bit, bit getting cut. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. I'm serious. We
1: saw a very good amount of derobing in this episode. Did we? Yeah, a bit later on than usual. Oh, is it? But there's a scene, he, he's in what looks like one of the daughter's bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, and we see a lot of glistening
1: chest. His his glistening chest. I hasten to add.
0: <laughs> okay, I stand corrected then. From uh, I must have I must have got up to boil the kettle or something during this moment because I was convinced that he was called a fat twat in this tantrum. And as a result, Gordon cut, <laughs> Gordon demanded him be him de Robey was cut from the final edit of this because he was too self-conscious. <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, Phil also um, also pushes the camera away. Oh yeah, it's it's like it's like Liam Gallagher. <laughs> do these people, people that do this, do they not realize that's exactly the material that will get used in you know, in the trailer?
1: <laughs> it's perfect.
0: <laughs> the thing that, the thing that everybody will see.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's great. Great anyway. stuff. It's a great it's a great first encounter between those two. Um, and to be fair to Phil, from there, he's a little bit better behaved, isn't he? He comes in the following day, and he's a little bit more humble. And he, I'm not sure if he apologizes, but he shows some kind of, um, if not remorse and recognition that he behaved badly the night before, and is willing to try to change. But frankly, the guy is useless, isn't he? Yeah,
0: I mean, they kiss and make up, don't they, the day after? Um, but I think they're... where
1: you said about that being the wrong way to react. I actually am not sure if it's the wrong way to react if you come in the following day and apologise and show your man enough to work together. I think Gordon likes to see um, chefs with a bit of bite. So I think, to be honest, Phil, without realising it, has probably dealt with this quite well. I think Ramsay definitely seems to respect him the following day, if not his cooking, because that's not to be respected. Than the way he's, um, the way he's acknowledged where he went wrong and is prepared
0: to work on it. Possibly weirdly though, later, in, later in the episode, there's a really weird moment, um, when it was a, it's, it's an amazing moment that Gordon tells one of the daughters who's the assistant manager. Um, to get rid of him right in front of his face. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking about Helen and um,
1: her role as assistant manager, that wasn't always the case, was it? She was kind of co-owner along with her sister Laura and their mum, who is Sandy, um, with no really defined roles and nobody seems to have a grasp on anything and they're all acting like children as Gordon sees it. So he does one of his little expeditions to prove a point and takes them to a playground where they're all sitting on the swings as he has a go at them and feels there as well and seems to be genuinely quite chuffed that they've come down to the swings. (laughs) I don't think he realises the gravity of the situation. (laughs) Uh, This is a great scene as Gordon tries to establish some kind of hierarchy in the restaurant. So he makes Sandy the host, um, um, for some reason he's got stickers for each of the women to, on which he writes their new role and then rather unnecessarily sticks it to their chest. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. he makes Sandy the host, he makes Helen the manager because he's been impressed with her so far and he makes laura the assistant manager i mean she absolutely loses her shit about this um and you can understand why she's unhappy about it but it's definitely the right decision
0: how does this come about again why is why did she get so riled by it's just because is it just because he tells her that she's um she's not doing her job or she she's just shit at a job is it that is it is as simple as that
1: yeah he makes her assistant manager and her sister manager which you know she sees quite rightly as a as oh, a yeah. slight or as an insult um and she's convinced that the three of them should run it together and that's how things should be because that's how it's always been and there does seem to be a slightly weird family dynamic there as well where sandy and laura Uh, closer than Helen. Helen, the one who gets made the manager, seems to be a bit of an outsider in the trio. And I think there's some weird politics or some weird family shit going on there as well. But Laura goes absolutely mental when this all happens and starts screaming at Ramsay. And actually, for once, Ramsay seems a little bit lost for words as so she's shouting at him and saying, I am not, I won't stand it, Gordon. I'm like, you know, forget it. I'm not sticking around. He's just like, okay, 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 <laughs> typical.
0: <laughs> there always has to be an explosive moment of realisation. There's always a thunderstorm before the clouds part and the sun comes out. Um, and that is the moment. And as Gordon starts to roll out um, his, uh, his changes and improvements to the restaurant, which includes um, a refreshed menu, Um, There was a moment that left me aghast. Um, I had to stop and play it again a few times before I realised quite what I had seen. Gordon found the lamb sauce. Let me explain what happens here. Um, On this new refreshed menu is a lamb dish. And we see Gordon in the kitchen with the two chefs, Phil and the other one. And he says to one of them, and here's the lamb sauce as he's spooning over this lamb sauce onto the dish
1: what does this mean for us
0: are are you suggesting that we just stop now mic drop moment (laughs) yeah
1: that feels like the um conclusion this podcast series needs i'd say
0: so yeah
1: well thanks everyone for listening
0: yeah uh thanks very much for tuning in and for all your support and for all of the engagement we've had over the last few weeks and kind words and comments and fan mail.
1: Thanks, everyone. It's been a pleasure being on this journey with you. Um, we won't be on Instagram anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, close that down. That close, twi- close Twitter down. I Not thought we'd we're already ever. done that. <laughs> no. no, it's still open. Yeah, I'll get rid of that. Um, any, any other accounts that you set up, Sam, without telling me that we need to close down now?
1: I'll um, deactivate the PO box.
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be it's an emotional farewell. Yeah. And anyway, anyway. Better wrap it up. Yeah, until then. Don't have nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Only joking. <laughs> Got you there, didn't we? <laughs>
1: yeah, unlucky. We're still going. We're not going yeah, anywhere. Sorry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 15 episodes. we barely scratched the surface yet. <laughs> yeah, way more where this comes from. <laughs> so... Uh, Gordon found a lamb sauce, not the lamb sauce. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Moving on, um, there's a part two for Laura versus Gordon. Oh, God, a rematch. And it all comes about because uh, they open for the first time they've ever opened on a Sunday. And Laura is the person who has to open the restaurant and is managing it on the Sunday. And she turns up late. I
1: mean, she barely turns up. Oh, so yeah. Gordon sees that Sunday's the restaurant is closed and that obviously they should be open on Sunday so they can accommodate Sunday lunch. Laura's supposed to be open in the restaurant that day and she just she's nowhere to be seen when Ramsay gets there. Ramsey tries to go around to Sandy's house to get her to come in, but she's got a headache or something, which means Gordon is left for the second time in two episodes, sitting on the doorstep of a random place um, <laughs> whilst not being allowed in. And then Laura just turns up about three <clears throat> hours late. And as we've already mentioned, blames Gordon for losing her Bookings list and her table yeah. plan and stuff like this.
0: Ah, uh, she's so useless. Her attitude is so disgusting. Gordon just so contemptuous of her and her, you know, her, her general attitude.
1: Yeah, she hates him, doesn't she? And he has absolutely no time for her either. And I'm on his side in this case. He's not always right when it comes to these confrontations. But I think in this case, Laura's behaving terribly, especially given that it's her mum's restaurant. She's just showing absolutely no respect for the whole the whole place, for her mum, for Gordon. Um, it's pretty disgraceful stuff. And Gordon loves dealing with entitled people, doesn't he? He can't get enough of that. He loves bringing people down a peg or two.
0: That is, he is a mercenary for that. He's just, <laughs> he's just an artist at it.
1: Yeah, yeah, he really is. Um, so yeah, basically, Laura's picked a battle against the wrong guy in this instance.
0: Yeah, that chapter sort of finishes with uh, Laura walking out of her own restaurant and Gordon shouting, "Not again!" Not again! Not again! <laughs> and just when you think he said it enough times, he just says it again. <laughs>
1: yeah, repetition is a key weapon in Ramsey's arsenal, isn't it?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So central to Gordon's relaunch plan for the restaurant um, is to invite the cohort of wags and celebrities. Yeah, that that um, populate the area. Um, around Morgan's to the restaurant. Uh, that includes Hollyoaks uh, stars, which apparently is filmed around the corner.
1: Yeah, it's not exactly a who's who of A-listers, though, is it? This relaunch, like you said, it's a bunch of Hollyoaks actors and some footballers' wives, and then Michael Owen's sister. <laughs> <laughs> gordon's in his absolute element isn't he this is where he he's
0: like a fly around shit isn't
1: he yeah buzzing (laughs) around the place hovering around people's tables for slightly too long as they attempt to swat him away there's one bit where he says to a table of women oh good to see you're not a bunch of skinny minis and kind of does a breast cupping action at the same time Yeah, he's on particularly distasteful form in this
0: episode. Yeah, he's on a harassment (laughs) warpath.
1: But I mean, generally it seems to be a pretty successful relaunch as these relaunches go. He gets Sandy to revert to her old ways and start selling some of the antiques that are still dotted around the place in between courses, which on paper sounds a bit weird, but actually seems to work quite well. People seem to like bidding on stuff as they're slowly getting pissed and she makes 500 quid from it, which is um pretty successful I guess. But it's all underpinned by the nagging feeling that Phil, the chef, is just absolutely no good, isn't it? Oh yeah, Phil is useless. There's a great moment, I'm not sure if it's in the relaunch or slightly earlier, where one of the pans he's using catches fire. And I mean there's flames up to the ceiling it's like Mount Vesuvius has erupted <laughs> and Gordon, who's leaning on the hot plate, kind of casually goes, that pan's on fire. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, Gordon. <laughs> the third degree burns on my face have already alerted me to that. Again,
0: that's a, that's another example of, a sort of dichotomy of Gordon in the kitchen. He's like, he's trying to be as helpful as he can be. And also he is as unhelpful as possible as well. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's a walking paradox, isn't he?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Phil is eventually fired um, anyway. Yeah. Um, when uh, when Gordon revisits sometime later, he finds Phil is no longer in the kitchen, and we find out that he was fired. And I don't really know why he's acting as so surprised because he did he did encourage them to fire Phil if he wasn't good. Yeah,
1: it's all a bit strange this bit. And Gordon goes to find Phil. At the pub that he now works in Yeah And as Gordon walks into the kitchen and sees Phil Gordon goes, what the fuck are you doing here? (laughs) And he's done this before Do you remember when he went round to that guy's house? And as the guy answered the door He goes, I did not expect to see you here (laughs) like gordon walking into people's place of work or residence and expressing surprise to see them there (laughs) that's how territorial he is he thinks that wherever he goes is his house or his restaurant and nobody else should be there
0: or he's um he's got alzheimer's something and he's sort of he's accidentally walked into that kitchen (laughs) (laughs) oh what are you doing here
1: (laughs) um unfortunately for phil (laughs) <laughs> he was soon after this jailed for stealing money from that pub.
0: <laughs> oh my <laughs> God! Oh my God! I did not see that coming. Well, at least it's not a reservations book. <laughs> <laughs> <True. laughs> Ramsey
1: probably stole the money when he was there. Framed him.
0: There's a there's there's a history of crime um, that flows throughout Kitchen Nightmares. You had that incredibly unsavoury incident to. The bloke at um Jackson's in Blackpool. Um then you had the yeah. great the great heist at the restaurant in Spain, um, where they left they left the small yeah. notes but took the big notes, apparently, despite there being twenty euro lots of twenty euro notes yeah. left. Um and then you've got this.
1: Well, if Ramsey's admitted creating one crime to suit his own needs, who's to say he's not behind all of them?
0: Yeah, well, if those cases are all still open, uh, well, apart from maybe the one at Jackson's, that'd be a little bit unfair to pin on Gordon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the less said about that one, the better.
0: Yeah. One thing I want to say about Morgan's, actually, is that Gordon didn't need to change the name of the restaurant this time because that's exactly what he would have asked him to change the name to if it had a shit name.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that would have been it, wouldn't it? You can picture him saying, it's a family thing, Morgan's.
0: (laughs) It's just approachable, family, cosy, (laughs)
1: simple, rustic, honest good home cooking (laughs)
0: Uh, shall we talk about inside of the week?
1: yeah I have a couple of nominations for this my first one is from when Gordon was watching Phil's first service and a customer sends back a creme brulee which has been overcooked and Gordon's response to it is classic Gordon melodrama. He pokes around at it with a spoon and then says to Phil, don't eat that unless you're prepared to die. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not particularly explosive by Gordon's standards, but I think in terms of over-the-top drama, it's right up there. Love
0: that. If that was in an American production, there would be sort of really dramatic strings in the yeah. on the soundtrack, wouldn't there, as soon as he says that? That would be clipped up for the um, for, for the trailer. Absolutely.
1: That would be the title of the YouTube clip, wouldn't it? Don't eat that <laughs> unless you're prepared to die in Capitals.
0: Yeah, exactly. Any
1: others? <laughs> um my second and actually my favourite nomination is while Gordon is giving Phil a dressing down at the start of the episode. And as he's ignoring him and talking to Sandy, Gordon refers to Phil as Mr. Chipmunk, <laughs> which is such a good description of him. <laughs> and as you look at him after that, you think, oh yeah, he looks exactly like a chipmunk. He's kind of high-pitched. He's slightly goofy.
0: <laughs> it's so perfect. Getting unnecessarily personal is, um, is one of Gordon's many talents. Yeah, it's his modus operandi, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. What did you have? So, yeah, um, I'm sure it'll come as no surprise that Mr. Chipmunk was <laughs> um, was my main choice. I also think um, it was Shambolic Sweetheart. <laughs> Deserves an honourable mention.
1: Yeah, so patronising. It's so
0: Gordon. Yeah, exactly. It's so Gordon. Yeah, um, but I think there is uh, a clear winner. Yeah, Mr. Chipmunk it is. Good stuff. Where are we next week? We are in Brighton for the second time. Um, at oh we're at Ruby Tate's Uh, now this is an absolute classic of an episode it involves one of the most explosive arguments between restaurateur and Gordon in the entire series the main character in this um, is someone who's in chronic denial of the problems so perfect yeah exactly perfect
1: rock meat hard place yeah (laughs) so we'll see you all in brighton next time uh, before that you can find us on instagram as always at lamb sauce pod keep the gordon in and on things suggestions coming in please um we should probably pick that up again as well shouldn't we? we've we gone off the boil a bit yeah we should probably lead from the front <laughs> um but we'll see you all in brighton until then don't have nightmares